Welcome to the Females on Fire podcast, where you'll get the tools you need to master your money, marketing, and your motivation. I'm your host, Haley Luckadoo, the money and marketing coach, motivational speaker, and huge Dr. Pepper lover who is on a mission to connect you with women who are incredible at what they do with the hope that you will leave inspired, educated, and motivated to create the life that sets your soul on fire. This episode is sponsored by edX, the trusted platform for learning founded by Harvard and MIT. If you want top quality university education and endless opportunities to explore, but want to learn on your own terms, online at your own pace, and at a price that fits in your budget, then edX is for you. Learn crucial skills you need for business and marketing, or choose to improve your writing, speaking, or leadership skills. Whatever you choose, it will fit perfectly in your busy schedule, and you can show off your new knowledge with a verified certificate. I have already gained so many skills from these courses, and I want you to have the same opportunity. So head over to edx.org slash females, that's E-D-X dot O-R-G slash females for an exclusive discount. With over 2,800 courses to choose from, the knowledge you've always wanted is just a click away. So grab your discount, sign up for edX, and start exploring all the opportunities at your fingertips. Welcome back, Females on Fire. I am so freaking excited about this episode today. I gave you a little hint last week about what it was going to be about, and I'm just really excited because it goes along so great with last week's conversation and a lot of the questions that we've been getting from you guys in the community as of late. So I think this is going to answer a lot of your questions if you've been listening regularly, and I think you're really going to love our guest today. So today I am talking with Amanda Warfield, and she is not only my new very good friend because we have so much in common, she is also a simplicity-focused time management strategist along with the host of the Chasing Simple podcast. So we also have podcasting in common, which is so much fun. And her mission is to help overwhelmed entrepreneurs take back their time and stop feeling like they are chained to their desks, which I know is something we all want. We want to have our time back. We don't want to feel like we are pinned down, stuck at our desks, stuck in our office in these businesses that we run. And Amanda really helps with that. She also loves a good book, coffee, Disney, which is something we massively have in common and snuggling with her cats. And you're just going to love her. She's got such an amazing personality. She's such a wonderful person. And that really shines through in this episode today where, dun, 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 we are talking about content batching. Amanda is the content batching queen. She has some amazing advice, amazing tips for you guys on how to actually get started with content batching, how to make the process work for you, why it's so important and something that you need to be doing in your business, especially if you are in that spot where you are really trying to reclaim your time. 
So we are going to talk all things content batching. Today, you're going to leave this episode with so many next steps, so many tips of things that you need to get started with to really make content batching successful for you and your business. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Here's my conversation with Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Hi, Haley. I'm just, I'm so honored to be here. I'm so excited and I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. Me either. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I know before we hit record, we were talking about content batching and why we both love it and why I'm so excited to chat about it on the show today. But before we dive into that, can you tell everybody just a little bit more about you and your business and how you got into business and all of those fun things about you and your story? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a simplicity focused time management and business strategist for entrepreneurs. And what I'm really passionate about is helping women take back their time because so often we start our businesses to give ourselves more freedom. But what ends up happening is that the mental load and the emotional load and the toll that comes with being an entrepreneur, it kind of takes over our life and we don't actually have that balance. So I'm super passionate about helping women find work-life balance. And I know a lot of people say that's a myth, but I will fight to the death. That is not a myth and it's totally possible through time management, especially when you're simplifying what you're doing. And it's actually really funny because I was a preschool teacher before I started my business and I was super overwhelmed all the time, really anxious. I was actually medicated for anxiety because I was so anxious and I discovered minimalism and I'm not, I'm not super like, you're not going to walk into my house and be like, Oh, there's nothing here. I'm not that kind of minimalist, but I am really passionate about simplifying all areas of life all the time and just making things easier. So I started my business originally to help other women, especially moms, because I had so many moms in my class who just, they were so overwhelmed all the time. You could tell as they were dropping their kids off and picking them up that they were rushing to and fro. And I just, my heart really went out for them. So I started my business to help them simplify what they were doing. And I did that for a couple of years and I ended up going to a conference where we got to do a lot of small group time with the people at our table. And that was really awesome. It was a I think there were like 70 people there. So it was a really nice size conference. And I don't remember what the topic was, why we were talking about this, but I started mentioning my batch schedule and all of the women at my table were like, wait a second, I need you to repeat that so I can write it down. And that's when I realized that, oh, this time management thing doesn't come naturally to everybody. And these other entrepreneurs are craving this structure that you have naturally in a typical nine to five or corporate job, but you don't have as an entrepreneur. And so from there, I just pivoted. And ever since I've been doing time management and batching and batch scheduling and all the things. I love it. I love it. I love it. I say this a lot on the show, but I love that every single entrepreneur that we bring on here I'm like, tell your story. And they're like, well, I did this. And then I did this. And then I pivoted. And then I did this. And it's all, it's never just like a point A to point B straight line kind of situation. It's always, there's always a pivot or 
um, you know, some kind of transition in there. And I think that's so cool about entrepreneurs is that we can be so passionate about something, but not even know how it's going to present itself in our business yet. And just, I feel like a lot of us are very go with the flow type of people because we kind of have to be because our businesses just evolve over time so much. So I love that. I love that you've got a story that I think a lot of people can relate to, especially in terms of, you know, having that anxiety and that overwhelm. Cause I know that's something that most people are really struggling with on some level, especially business owners, because it is overwhelming. I mean, we're all trying to make it and we're all trying to, you know, feed our families and, and we're all trying to put, you know, a million things into a, a pretty standard eight hour day. So it's, it's hard. And I think that's something that a lot of people can relate to. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm with you. I love the whole concept of the journey, even though that sounds so cliche, but I love to have entrepreneurs onto my podcast to talk about that specifically. Like, where were you? Where did you hit rock bottom? And how did things change? <laughs> Just exactly. because it's, it is so common. And I love seeing how different pieces of our life, different like, gifts we have, they start to really start to come together within our business. For example, like the simplicity. When I st- initially started transitioning into time management strategy and coaching, I was like, oh, I really love simplicity, but how does that fit in? And as a preschool teacher, it was hard to give that up because I do love teaching. And then I realized, oh, I can also be an educator in this space. And so it's just really cool to see how all of your gifts can finally start to align with each other. And it all just starts making sense. I agree. I love that. Yeah. And I I think too, most of us have more than one passion, you know? And so I think so many entrepreneurs like start out and they're like, okay, I'm going to do this one thing and I'm going to turn it into a business. And we get not very far into our business. And we've realized that it's hard to sustain that, that one particular thing. If we don't let all of those other passions and, and gifts, like you said, kind of come into the business. And so it's just cool to see like, you know, business owners, especially starting out, like in that first year or two where they're figuring everything out and, and really learning who they are in the business world. It's just cool to watch those businesses evolve as they start to say, okay, well, yeah, you know, I love simplicity. I could, I could add that into this business. I love to educate. I could add that in, you know? And, and so it's, I I know my husband and I were just talking about this the other day. My business now looks totally different than it did when I started six years ago, but it also looks totally different than it did one year ago. I mean, it's insane how much you evolve over time and, and how much your business changes. So I think that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, it's a journey for sure. It's Definitely. always changing. And I think that, you know, I would hear people say that before I really started, things started to click in my business. And it just makes it sound so much simpler than it is. There's a lot of hard stuff at the beginning that you have to go through in order to figure all that out. But Absolutely. it's so worth it to just keep going. Yeah, 100%. Yes. Well, let's dive in because I know I have a lot of questions for you and I'm excited to hear your opinion, your perspective on content batching, because this is something I'm super passionate about. I love talking about, but I feel like uh, we could always use more conversation around because 
it's like you said, it doesn't necessarily come naturally to everybody to have this kind of structure and order and be able to sit down and batch things out. And uh, you and I both know that content batching is insanely helpful to a business. So I can't wait to just get all of your advice for our listeners. Uh, But let's talk about, I know content batching, most of our listeners know what it is. So they're familiar with the concept. They understand sort of why it's important. I really want to dive into the how. I want to dive into your your ideas for processes of how to make this easy. Because I think the thing I hear most often, and, and you might agree, is that people know they should be content batching and they know that if they could do it, it will probably make their lives easier. But the process of actually doing it is where they get tripped up. They don't know where to start. They don't know how. They feel like it's a lot of time that they currently don't have. So what's your your process to start out with? What, what does batching look like for you? And what do you recommend for your clients for that process and how to actually get started when you've never done it before? Yeah. Okay. So first, I just want to say that when you're first starting, it does feel like you don't have time, but that's because you're stuck on the content creation hamster wheel and you're spending so much of your time every single day, every single week, just drowning in content that you're trying to create, not only in the time it takes to put it out there, but also in the mental energy that it takes up when you're just sitting there thinking, okay, I got to get this podcast episode out and it's not edited yet. And I've got to do this and I've got to do this. And all of a sudden it's Sunday night and my episode's supposed to go out tomorrow. So I'm staying up until midnight. You're spending a ton of time creating content right now that you don't even realize because it just is so natural and it's what you've been doing for so long, but it doesn't have to be that way. So what I always recommend is that the first step for content batching is to one, look at what you're actually putting out. Are you putting out more content than you can reasonably sustain? It is not important to be constant, but what's really important is to be consistent. And that's really what batching gifts you, which I'm sure, like you said, everyone's familiar with that, but it's just really important that I make that clear. Um, but it's so necessary to put out only what you can reasonably sustain because if you are not consistent, your audience is not going to grow. It's not going to build your business in any way because you're essentially losing authority every time you don't show up when you've said you will. So when that podcast episode comes out late or it just doesn't happen or you got overwhelmed and so you just didn't put one out for a few weeks, you've lost credibility instantly with your audience, which means you're basically starting from scratch every time you start over and then the overwhelm continues. So instead of trying to put out a podcast every single week, if it's not reasonable, maybe move to every other week. As long as you're setting the expectation and you know that it's something that's sustainable, your audience is going to be okay with it. As long as you're saying, hey, this is what we used to do life changed. I've made some decisions. We're going to go to a bi-weekly format. And then you actually show up bi-weekly. They're going to be so grateful for that. And they're going to be so excited every other week when a new episode drops. And then the next step that I always recommend is that you set aside one entire week out of the month just to batch content. Don't do anything else. Don't worry about working on new projects. Don't worry about admin stuff. Don't worry about anything that's not absolutely necessary. So I'll still do client work. 
and I'll still answer emails, obviously. But pretty much other than that, the only thing I do during content batching week is batch content. I love this. I want to dive into two things that you said. Number one, I'm glad you pointed out that it gives you consistency and not constant content. Because I think even though I said, you know, our listeners know what content batching is, I think that's where people really get stuck when it comes to content is they feel like they have to be constantly showing up. They need a post on every platform every single day. They need the weekly podcast episodes because the bi-weekly ones aren't good enough. They need YouTube channels in addition to the podcast. And then, you know, they also have to have blogs and it just feels so overwhelming because we feel like we have to constantly show up. And so I love that you pointed out, this isn't going to give you constant content, but it's going to give you consistency and consistency is where your audience starts to grow and your business starts to grow and you really start to thrive. So that was just one thing that you said that really stuck out to me that I love because I think that's where the root of the problem is. I think a lot of people have issues with content batching because they don't know what the process looks like. They don't know how to get started, but I think it all comes back to the root of first and foremost, you have to identify the fact that you don't need to show up constantly. And it's like you said, like you're running on that hamster wheel. And the reason you're on the hamster wheel is because you feel like it has to be constant. And if you sit back and you, you do content batching, it helps you realize that consistency is the thing that you really need to be going after. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think we just need to take this whole mindset of we have to show up in all the places all the time and just throw it in the trash can because for most of us, we don't have huge teams behind us that can pump out a blog post and a YouTube episode and a podcast every single week and also do all the social media. Legitimately, there's just not enough time and you don't need it. If you are just pumping out content that is mediocre just to get something out, you're also not growing your business. Let's say you have the time to pump out a ton of content because you're actually doing this full time and you can spend 40 hours a week pumping out content. Well, that's great, but what are you doing behind the scenes to grow your business? What are you doing to move the needle forward? If you are only putting out content, you're only on that hamster wheel, you're not growing your business in any way. The audience may be there if you are showing up consistently, but what do you have to give them? What's the next step you want them to take? Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. And this really, this is where I see my clients get stuck all the time. And I know our listeners are in that place where it's like, oh my gosh, you know, this person puts out X amount of content a day and I want to have a business like theirs. So that's what I have to do. And I think we start to look up to these people who, like you said, have huge teams behind them that are helping them produce all this content. And then we're sitting around as like a one woman show trying to figure out how to make all of that happen and still actually run our business. Uh, And that's another thing that you said that I just wanted to touch on that I think is so valuable is you mentioned, you know, you can go to your audience and say, Hey, I know this is the way that we've always done it, but I've decided to make a change and now we're going to do it this way. And I hope that you'll still follow along and enjoy it because it's still going to be valuable to you. And that's the beauty of it is you own the freaking business. Like you can do whatever you want. And I think we oftentimes forget that. And it, what blows my mind is 
you see so many people that come from the corporate world into entrepreneurship or they open their business because one thing that really matters to them is having the freedom to be their own boss, make their own decisions. And somewhere along the line of trying to run a business, it's like we forget that we actually get to be the one that decides. And we start to sit around and go, okay, well, you know, I have to put out this much content and I have to do this because this is what my audience demands. And while I truly believe in paying attention to what your audience is asking for and trying to provide things that are going to be valuable to them, I also believe that it's still your business, your way. So you get to decide, okay, this is what's valuable to them. Now, how am I going to show up to give it to them? You get to decide, okay, you know, this is what they need from me and what they're asking for, but how am I going to present it? And how often am I going to show up to present it? You get to make those decisions because it's your business. So I love that you touched on that because I really feel like, you know, if you get in that sort of mindset of that content doesn't have to be this constant thing that you're burning yourself out over and it just needs to be consistent and and like you said, not mediocre, it needs to be consistent and good and high quality. And also that you can do whatever you want and you don't have to constantly show up. It can be, you know, your rules and your method and your way of doing things. It doesn't have to look like anybody else's way. If you can get in the mindset of those two things, then I think you're already in the place to start content batching. You're already in a place where you can grow and thrive and create a business that doesn't look like anybody else's. Yes. And okay. Two things there. One, we just started this whole podcast talking about how important it is that we use our gifts for our specific business because we're all different. And that's the beauty of this online entrepreneurship space is that our businesses can all be so different. They don't have to be cookie cutter. So we should stop trying to do what everyone else is doing and do what feels right for us and our business. And then the other thing I love that you touched on was just this idea that we need to listen to our audience because yes, that's so important. It's actually really funny. I I never imagined in a million years that I would be teaching a course on content batching, but I posted something about my batch week on Instagram stories once and people lost their minds. And I was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I need to explore this a little bit more. But when you set aside that one week to do nothing but batch your content, you've got three weeks the rest of the month to focus on those things and to really figure out, okay, this is what my audience loves. What can I do to give this to them? You have the mental space to actually think through these bigger picture ideas and this, where does this go in my business? How does this fit in? What can I do to actually move the needle with this? Also, another thing I think is really important is that a lot of us have this mindset that our content is our business, but all of our content it's just marketing. Yes, it's awesome and it's valuable and you should be putting out high quality stuff, but it's just a piece of marketing to get people into your business so that they buy your course or work with you one-on-one or whatever it is that you offer in your business. That stuff that makes you money, that's your business. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, oh, you're going to get me all fired up. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. And oh my gosh, I I want you to say it again (laughs) because people need to hear it over and over again, because I think we get so, it's like we said, we get so caught up 
in this whole big process and how daunting it is and how overwhelming it is. And we're like, oh, if I'm not showing up on Instagram, then I don't have a real business. If I'm not putting out uh, weekly podcast episodes because podcasting is so hot right now, then, then I'm not a good business owner. You know, we get so caught up in these things and we forget that content is a tool. It's like you said, it's not your business. It's just a tool to help you get there. And if you are spending all of your time creating this tool and working with this tool and trying to make it perfect and trying to use it constantly, and you're not actually making any money from it, then that's when you don't have a good business because you don't have a profitable business. You're not even in business. You've got to make money. And if your content's not making you money, then it's bad marketing. You've got to, you've got to get in a place where you can say, okay, this isn't working. So what do I need to do? Where do I need to make a change? Where do I need to shift? Where do I need to cut back or, you know, scale up or do whatever to make this work and make this profitable. We all went into business because we're really passionate about something and we wanted to run our own business, but we all need to make money. If you are a business owner, you need to make money, whether this is sort of a side hustle for you and you want to grow it to full-time eventually, or whether this is like, you know, ride or die, you know, you've got to have this money to feed your family, like whatever your situation is, you didn't go into business to not make money. And so and I, I'm getting like all fired up. So I, <laughs> I feel like we just so often get in that mindset that, like you said, the, the content is the first and foremost thing that matters. It's the most important thing in our business. And I love content. I, I, there's just platforms that I swear by and I'm all about putting out some consistent content and using that as your biggest marketing tool. I'm super about organic marketing and all of those things, but when it comes down to it, it's gotta be profitable and it's gotta be sustainable. Like you said, and if you're burning yourself out, constantly putting out content that isn't very good. It's not reaching the people that you want it to reach. It is just kind of mediocre and it's not making you money. Then it's literally a giant waste of time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I just, I think the reason so often we put content creation on this pedestal is because it is so time consuming. Not going to lie to anybody. Batch week is kind of exhausting. It's like going through lunch. You've got a lot of stuff that you're doing. But when you have that mental space and that freedom for three weeks to not even think about content, it's so magical. But I think because it's so time consuming, we do think this is the most important piece of our business. When in reality, it's not making us money unless you've got a ton of website traffic and you've got affiliate income and ad space. But realistically, it's not really making us all that much money. And I heard Jenna Kutcher describe social media once as a handshake. It's just kind of the beginning, like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I talk about. Get to know me. This is my free content. It's valuable. It's important. It's great. The things I'm saying, you need to listen to. But it's just designed to let them get to know you a little bit better. And what really matters, the things that you should really be spending your time on, is your clients, your students, your customers, whatever you call the people that are investing in you. 
that is where your time should be going. That is your number one priority, not the content. It needs to go out and it needs to go out consistently. But if you only have 10 hours a week to put out content and you only have time to do two blog posts a month and two Instagram posts a week, that's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with that as long as it's consistent. Yes. And I think that's just it is just knowing, okay, this is what I can do. So how can I show up my best in what I can do? It's like you said, if you, if you can only put out two Instagram posts a week, that's totally fine. But those better be like the most amazing Instagram posts ever. Like if, if you only get to show up twice on that platform, then you've got two chances to make an impact on the people that are reading those posts or watching those posts. So instead of just throwing something together at the last minute and throwing it up because you're like, I just need to post something, you need to carefully curate what it is that you're saying, what it is that you're posting, how you're showing up because you only have two chances in a week. So there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, only posting twice in a week, but you've got to know that that's all you can do. And you've got to be able to show up in a way that makes it worth it to your audience to still follow along. So I love that. I love that. But let's dive into, uh, you, you've mentioned that you do a batch week. Uh, I do bat like just certain days of the month that I set aside as batch days. So I do something kind of similar, but can you talk about what does that batch week actually look like? Cause I feel like you hear a lot of talk around content batching and people are like, Oh, you need to set aside a day or you need to set aside a week or you need to do whatever. But nobody actually dives into, okay, now that I've set aside that day or week or whatever, what do I actually do? How do I start batching? Where do I begin? So what does that process sort of look like for you? And, you know, what are, you know, are you batching like one platform at a time or are you focusing on one topic and, and coming up with something on all your platforms? Like, what is it that you're doing that's making the process kind of go a little bit faster and making it easier and less overwhelming on you? Okay. This is the good stuff. So let me just preface this by saying, I, like I said earlier, I still do my client work on Mondays during batch week, because honestly, I take very limited number of clients. And so I only take clients Monday afternoons. So that's still happening. Then Monday mornings, what I'm doing is I'm sitting down and I am planning out the next month, the next quarter, wherever I happen to fall in the year. I'm planning out what content's going out, when it's going out, and I'm also starting to outline, especially outlining my podcast episodes so that I can give myself a night to really think on it and think, okay, this is what I've got. Is there anything else I need to add? So I'll do my planning, my outlining, and my brain dumping Monday mornings for the entire next month. Also, I tend to do my batch week the last week of every month, but it really doesn't matter when you do it as long as you're consistent, just so everyone knows. Um, okay, so then Tuesday, I record all of the podcast episodes for the next month. On Wednesday, I edit all of them. As I'm editing, I'll take notes as far as quotes that I can pull out for repurposing social media posts. I will make note of these are things we talked about. These were links that were mentioned so that later when I'm repurposing this episode, it's a lot easier to do so. So as I'm editing, I'm taking all these notes. On Thursday, that is what I call my repurposing day where I am creating graphics, creating show notes, 
and I'm starting to write all of my email newsletters and my social media captions for the month ahead. Now, I base most of my social media captions and pretty much all of my email newsletters, unless I'm in a launch period, on the podcast episodes. So I'm just repurposing what I've already created. The introductions I wrote for those episodes, I pretty much copy and paste those into the email newsletters and into social media captions. So Thursdays are all about writing the emails, writing the social media captions, creating graphics, and just general repurposing of the podcast episodes because you should be taking whatever your long form content is and using it over and over and over again. Don't spend all that time creating this long form content and then also reinvent the wheel with your email newsletters and with your social media captions. Don't waste that time. Most people aren't going to be following you in every area. They're not going to read your blog and listen to your podcast and be on your email list and be on social media. If they are, they're super fans and they're not going to care if they see something more than once. So don't stress about that. And then Fridays is kind of my wrap up day. Anything that hasn't been scheduled, I'm put, I'm scheduling it in and I'm getting it set up to go for the month ahead. If I'm lucky enough and things went really well during batch week, I have my Fridays to do education, which is my typical Friday education, planning for the next week, things like that. But usually I'm just scheduling out show notes and all of that stuff and finishing it all up. I love that. I love the, the peek inside your week and, and what it looks like, because like I said, I just feel like so often we end up with these conversations that are just a little bit fluffy, you know, like they don't have the, this is what I actually do. This is the schedule that I actually follow kind of, uh, meet in them to actually be helpful and useful. So I'm glad that you gave us like a sneak peek into how you do it. I love that it's so organized. I feel like my content batching days are not as organized as yours. And maybe I need to work on that, <laughs> but I, I do, I do something similar. So I, for me, my content batching days are uh, the first Monday of every month on my calendar is blocked out for content batching. And then uh, I find a day in the middle of the month that is uh, just like available. I don't have anything scheduled and I'll block that off too. So it's kind of a different day every month, but I get literally as much as I can done on that first Monday. And I've, I've just, I've gotten where I feel like I don't need a whole week. I feel like I get most of my stuff done in a day, but I also don't add in my podcast content to my content batching days. I do that on like separate days. So it kind of eases it up a little bit, but I, I feel like when you, when you sit down and you're just committing to, okay, you know, I've blocked off this time. Here's the, the platforms that I'm going to focus on. Here's the type of content I'm going to focus on. Here's whatever. And you're just making that commitment to say, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Like this is, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to knock it out. I think that's the hurdle that people have to get over. I think once you sit down and actually start doing it, you realize kind of how easy it is. And I, I do love that you start with like a brain dump and like outlining everything and doing all that. Cause I feel like a lot of people, when they start with content batching, they sit down and, you know, they pick out pictures for Instagram and then they're trying to write a caption on a particular topic and get the whole caption written out perfectly and they get stuck. So then they move on to the next one and they get stuck again. And all of a sudden they've wasted several hours and they're like, oh my gosh, I've got nothing done. This content batching thing does not work. 
And so I love that you prefaced it by saying, Hey, I sit down, you know, Monday morning and I'm outlining what this week is going to look like. And I'm outlining what my content for the month is going to look like. And it's just an outline and it's just a brain dump. And then you're using that information to carry you into the rest of the week. I think that's what's so important here is that you don't just sit down and immediately start trying to dive into the perfect captions or, you know, the full podcast episodes or the full blog posts or whatever. You need something to go off of. And so giving yourself the space and the flexibility to just sit down and say, okay, right now, all I need is a brain dump. All I need is an outline. All I need is ideas. Like I just need to sit down and come up with those and then I'll mold them into something. Then I'll craft them into really good content. But it, it, I think it takes the pressure off. And I think the pressure is where so many entrepreneurs get stuck when it comes to content batching. Yeah. And that is why I love focusing on just one thing each day too. It's just, this is all I have to do today. This is the only thing I'm thinking about. This is what it is. Also, I used to try to outline and then immediately jump into recording. And what I would find is that a day or two later, I would think of something that I really wish I had said. And so by outlining it, I give myself a night to kind of sleep on it and think, okay, what else needs to be said? Is there anything I'm forgetting? And it just gives my brain that time to come up with new ideas because over and over again, that happened. And I was like, I have to change something. This is not working. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can relate to that so much. So, so much. I love too that you just mentioned like repurposing content and like that your long form content should be repurposed into, you know, Instagram captions or into, you know, Pinterest or whatever. And I think that's a big part of content batching is saying, okay, what do I have? And and that's part of that brain dump and that outlining process is saying, what do I have that I can now use in this place and use in a different way? And I'm constantly you know, referring back to old blog posts and old podcast episodes and, you know, things like that and saying, okay, how can I turn this into a little quick Instagram caption? How can I turn this into a couple of pins? How can I, you know, turn this into whatever, or even rewrite the blog posts or, you know, kind of uh, pull out a piece of that podcast episode that we can now make another podcast episode or something like that. And so I think repurposing is a huge part of content batching. And we could probably do an entire episode just on repurposing. So I won't get too into that today, but I do think like if you can get in that process of saying what already exists in my business that can help me move the needle here, what, what already exists, but help will help me uh, do this faster or do this better or both. Uh, And, and when you get in that habit of sitting down and saying, okay, I just need an outline. I just need ideas. And I'm going to go pull ideas from stuff that I've already done, then you do make it go a lot faster and you do get rid of that overwhelm a little more. And it's like you said, not everybody is looking at every single thing that you do. You know, my uh, clients didn't all find me on Instagram. They're not all in my Facebook group. They don't all listen to the podcast. Uh, Some of them probably don't even realize I have a podcast, even though I've mentioned it a million times. You know, it's like people just they're not going to show up for you everywhere. And if they do, if you have those one or two people that are just really obsessed with you, they're raving fans and they do follow you everywhere. Great. But they're not going to be bored and unfollow you. If they see the same thing twice, they're just going to go, Oh, I already saw that. And they're going to keep scrolling, you know? So I, I think it's, it's that process of allowing ourselves to say, 
okay, I don't have to show up everywhere and constantly, but I also need to recognize that my audience is not showing up for me everywhere. So, you know, I can repurpose, I can, uh, you know, post something in, in two different spaces. I can get on different platforms and share the same content. I can allow myself to do those things instead of constantly trying to recreate the wheel on my content. Yes. And I think, I think giving yourself that permission is so important to recognize that not everyone is showing up for you everywhere, but also this whole idea of you're actually doing your audience a disservice by not talking about the same thing over and over and over again. I've literally been talking about content batching for like four months straight on Instagram, and I'm still getting so many messages where people are like, what? This is crazy. I've never even heard of this. And I'm like, I've been here for months. <laughs> You've been following me for months. If you're not repeating something over and over and over again, you're doing a huge disservice to your audience because the algorithm is burying your stuff. One, it just is what it is. That's how Instagram works. That's how Facebook works. Your stuff's not just showing up in everyone's feed. Two, every time you say something, you say it in a different way and it clicks for a different person. It's like the whole idea of you have to say something seven or eight times before someone will act on it as far as like the marketing side yes. of things. It's the same thing with the content. You have to say something over and over and over again for it to really click for them. So if you're not repurposing your content and you're not sharing the same things over and over again, you're not serving them well. A hundred percent true. A hundred percent true. Oh my gosh. And I mean, it just goes back to, you know, they may have missed it the first time. Like they may have not been on Instagram when you put it on your stories the first time. They may have not had time to tune into it. I mean, you never know. So yeah, repeating yourself and it's not even repeating yourself because like you said, you say it in a different way every time. It just gives them the opportunity to say, oh, hey, I missed this the first time around, but now I get to take advantage of it. Now I get to see the value in it. And I think that also really helps you position yourself as the expert. You know, like you're building your authority in that area, in that skill, so in true. that space. And if, I mean, think about it, the experts that we know for a certain thing, you almost never hear them talk about anything else. That's why we know them as experts for that thing. And so if you want to be an expert in your industry, if you want to be the go-to for something in your space, then you've got to create a space where you're the go-to. You've got to create a space where that's what you talk the most about. And it's not to say that you need to pick one little thing in your business and just never talk about anything else ever, but you've got to recognize, okay, if this is what is performing well, if this is what everybody is coming to me for, if this is what I want to be known for, then that's the thing I'm going to talk about the most. That's the thing I'm going to show up and, and discuss and portray and give to my audience the most often. Even if you're talking about other things in between, you know, constantly showing up to talk about content batching, for example, you're going to eventually become the go-to for a lot of people when it comes to content batching. So finding that thing that you want to be known for and, you know, constantly showing up in that space and, and providing value in that area, that's going to help you build authority and that's going to make you the expert, not just talking about it once and then saying, oh, hey, I talked about it, so I'm an expert in it. Okay. I think you said something so important right there. This idea of this not having to be the only thing you ever talk about. 
for so long, I was so resistant to things like the content batching because I didn't want to necessarily be known as the content batching girl. But what I came to realize is that, okay, I can establish myself as an expert in content batching. And once these students and clients, it starts to click with them and they also become proficient at it, they're going to ask for the next step because they're going to trust me. They're going to know, okay, she knows time management and I've got this other time management question and it'll lead you down into more of a broader umbrella. But you have to niche down into something initially and really become an expert in that before you can move into the broader umbrella. Because if you're trying to talk about five different time management strategies all the time, everyone's just going to be confused. They're not going to know what it is that you do. Yes. If you're talking to everybody, then you're talking to nobody. Yep. Simple as that. I mean, you've got to, you know, and I'm, I'm big on being multi-passionate in business and I don't necessarily believe in, you know, niching down forever, but, but I do agree with that, that you've got to find that thing that your audience is craving that you can provide and show up enough where you become the person they're obsessed with. You know, you become the, the go-to person for that thing. And then it's like you said, that can lead to other things that can lead to your other skills and your other passions and, and deeper into that skill that they know you for and, and all of those things, but you've got to become that person for them. And you can't do that by trying to speak to everybody. Yes, exactly. I love that. I think that was a great way to kind of a good place to end on. This has been such an amazing episode. I think there's so much value in this that I'm really excited for our audience to hear because like I said, I just feel like a lot of these conversations around bashing are tend to be kind of fluffy and Mm -hmm. just not a lot of value. And I think you definitely provided so much great advice and, and I love the, the sneak peek inside what your batching week looks like so that, you know, if we do have listeners who have no idea where to start, then They can kind of feed off of that and say, well, this is what she does. So I'm going to try this and see how it works for me. And then, you know, evolve it over time to make it work better for me. So I love that. I love it. But since it's the end of the episode, I do have a little lightning round that I always love to do to close the show. If you're ready. Okay. These things always make me so nervous, but I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. They're easy little questions. No big deal. All right. What is one part of your morning routine that you absolutely love? Oh, that's a good one. Honestly, just sitting down with my Bible is the biggest part of my morning routine. I always just feel so much better about entering the day after I do that. Otherwise I'm kind of frantic. I love that. I love that. Very peaceful. (laughs) What is the last book that you read? Oh, ooh. Um, I read a lot of books and I never remember the titles because I go through so many. Uh, <laughs> it's actually really bad. My husband will be like, what are you reading? And as I'm reading it, I'm like, I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just reading something. Um, I think the last one I finished was called Virgil Wander. Honestly, it was kind of a weird book. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this guy basically has a life-altering accident and he just becomes this new version of of himself and there's some weird stuff going on in the town honestly I'm not totally sure I'd recommend it it was kind of bizarre but I had a friend <laughs> to read it I love that I'm not totally sure I'd recommend it but I enjoyed it 
<laughs> but like, I have like, a lot of stuff like that. <laughs> well, it was one of those books where you couldn't stop reading, but also I wasn't totally sure what was happening. And maybe it's because it's I'm not super analytical, I guess. And I, I just, I don't know. I've been there. I've had those. <laughs> But I can't, I couldn't stop reading it. I feel like but I have I several like, Netflix shows like that right now where I'm like, I can't stop watching, but I would not ever recommend this to anyone. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not really sure what the point of this is, but I'm yep. intrigued. <laughs> been there, been there. <laughs> All right. What are you most looking forward to in this next season? It can be business, personal, mm. whatever you want, but what are you most looking forward to? Um, I'm excited for Halloween and spooky season and all the things we actually, we were living in Washington state for a few years when my husband's in the Navy and we just moved back to South Carolina last fall. So I'm really excited to really get to enjoy fall this year because last year it was just moving chaos and we weren't unpacked and I'm just so excited to celebrate the holidays in my new home with my husband. (laughs) I love it. I'm also extremely looking forward to this season. I'm, I'm a huge fan of fall in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never been a huge fan of Halloween, but I really love like all the Halloween movies, yeah. like not even necessarily horror movies, but just like those Halloween movies I used to watch as a kid and like yes. Hocus Pocus. And yes. so, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I, I love it and carving pumpkins and all that yes. stuff. So I feel like after the way this year has gone, I'm like, we all just really need fall now. Yeah. <laughs> And also there's a lot of fall activities that can be socially distanced. So hopefully we can experience all of them. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. There you go. Looking on the bright side. (laughs) All right. What is one tool for business that you would recommend to everybody? Mm, Okay. If we're saying all business owners, Trello or Asana, but one of those project management systems where you can just keep all of your brain dumps in there because that's the best way to simplify your overwhelm is to get everything out of your head. And a project management system like Trello will allow you to do that. But I will say that my absolute favorite business tool that not every business owner needs is HoneyBook. So if you work with clients or I love using it, honestly, also for my podcast, when I'm scheduling guests, I have all the workflows in there, all the emails I need to send them, everything. And it is phenomenal. So if you do either of those things or you need some kind of workflow system, highly recommend HoneyBook, but it's definitely not for every business owner. Oh my gosh. I'm trying so hard like not to interrupt you, but I just want to <laughs> scream because I'm like, yes. <laughs> first of all, first of all, let me say this about Trello before I get sidetracked on HoneyBook. But first of all, I'm so glad that you said Trello and before you said Asana, because I feel like every single person that comes on the show and talks about a project management system says Asana. And I'm like, where are my Trello people at? Yeah. Like, where have they gone? <laughs> so I'm so I'm glad you said Trello. Yes, I am team Trello all the way. I think Asana is great, but I couldn't get into it. I'm a huge mm-hmm. Trello fan. So I love Same. that you said that first. So, uh, but moving on to HoneyBook, I'm like dying laughing because I feel like that is probably my most mentioned platform that I talk about in my business is I'm constantly telling our audience about HoneyBook. I think we still have an ad that runs on some of these podcasts for HoneyBook right now because I'm obsessed with it. So I love that you said that. I'm like backing this up hundred percent. Like you need Trello, you need HoneyBook, make it work for you. You're going to love it. I'm obsessed. So I love that you said that. I, as soon as you said, uh, HoneyBook, I just was 
dying laughing, like trying not to interrupt <laughs> you. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, my audience is going to roll their eyes and think I put her up to this, but I totally didn't. <laughs> It was just really that great, guys. If you haven't tried it out, it, it is, really is. It takes so much time. Like, as a time management strategist, I cannot tell you enough that it is worth the money to just just invest in it. Just do it. If you have clients, you're going to save yourself a zillion hours using HoneyBook and also a lot of brain space because you get to just save the emails you need to send in there and you don't have to think about what it is you need to say. It's literally, phenomenal. it's amazing. Phenomenal. It's the best. I absolutely love it. Uh, I love that. Okay. Last question. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Oh, okay. This is cheesy and I don't know if it necessarily counts as advice, but <laughs> the Walt Disney quote, if you can dream it, you can do it. Just oh, has totally been, counts as advice. It's just so, I don't know, like a driving force behind my business. Because like I said before, the first few years, they're hard and you have to just keep persevering. You've got to have that grit. And I don't know, that quote's kind of like a shining light for me. Although I'm really obsessed with Disney. So that's the whole thing. But it just, if I can dream it and if I can think about it, I know I can do it. It's if I just keep showing up consistently and I keep working and I keep chipping away. I love that. I think it totally counts as advice. Anything that Walt Disney said counts as advice. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. Let's just be honest. I love it. I think it's extremely relative to a lot of business owners because we're all big dreamers. Like, let's face it. If you're in business for yourself, you got pretty big dreams. So I love it. I think it's perfect advice. Definitely great to close on. Also, I think you and I could be best friends. Yeah, just I saying. think so too. <laughs> we're going to chat after this because I'm also obsessed with Disney. And now I want to know if you've seen the new Mulan movie, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> so Amanda, tell everybody where they can find you. Where, you know, where should they go? What's your website, your Instagram, what, wherever you want them to go to hang out because I know they're going to want to hit you up after this. Honestly, the best place is just Instagram. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield, spelled just like it sounds, Warfield. And um, yeah, that's probably the best place. My website's amandawarfield.com. You can definitely go check it out. But if you want to truly interact, Instagram's the place to go. I love to chat. I love to connect. I'm always on stories. So that's always, yeah, that's the place. Yes. And you have a launch coming up too. Tell us about that. Yes. Actually, super relevant. If you guys want more about content batching, my course content batching bootcamp is reopening the doors on September 22nd. So go follow me on Instagram, learn more about the course. I walk you through, it's a live class. So we'll hang out on Zoom once a week for four weeks and I'm going to walk you through exactly how to set up your batch week, how to know how much content to actually be putting out, how to create a batch week that works for your unique business, like Haley was saying earlier. You've got to take what people teach you and tweak it. So I'm going to teach you how to just tweak it from the beginning. And we're also going to do a whole lesson on repurposing and copy banking and just making things a whole lot faster during your batch week. That sounds amazing. I know you guys are going to want to get in on that. So we will put all of that in the show notes so that you can go check that out. Amanda, thank you so, so much. I'm, like I said, so excited about this conversation. Cannot wait for our audience to hear it. And just really loved your advice and how just open you are about, you know, this is what I do. This is what works for me. Like 
here's why it's so important. I feel like so so often people who have gotten really good at something, they don't really want to share all of their secrets. And I, I just love how open you are and how like willing to share and willing to help. And so I just really appreciate you giving us your time and, and sharing all your advice with our audience. It's been amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I love, I'm just so glad to be here because I love to share this stuff. I think every business owner should be doing it because it makes a huge difference for every business and it'd be silly to hoard those secrets. So thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun and I really love chatting with you. That's it for this time. Don't forget to head over to the show notes at femalesonfirepodcast.com to grab bonus content from our guests, support the show, or grab your Females on Fire swag. If you loved this episode, give us a quick shout out on Instagram by tagging at Females on Fire. And don't forget to tune in every Wednesday for a brand new episode to keep you fired up for those big dreams.